Hello, and welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we are talking about Assassin's Creed Revelations, developed by Ubisoft Montreal, published by Ubisoft. And Caleb, why don't you go ahead and start this one off? What were you uh, feeling before this took off? So, you know... Before this game launched, they did because they had to recover from Brotherhood. You know, we discussed in the previous one, basically Europe was the only one that was in love with Brotherhood. Everybody else was not a huge fan of it. Not only the length of the game, Mm -hmm. but basically some of the mechanics and what happened in it. So they, they were trying to recover from that. And in that, they were releasing a lot of like, hey, this is where you're at. This is what you're doing. This is what you have. One of the big reveals was the hook blade. Mm -hmm. They were trying to entice people through their advertisements Mm -hmm. for this game. And even then, I remember people looking at it going, what the fuck is that? (laughs) But I was excited because I love Ezio. (laughs) Like, I really do. I thought it was cool. This was basically the end. You you got to see Ezio from a fucking basically newborn baby. Mm, quite literally. Li- literally. <laughs> to an old man. Like mm. you got to see his entire life. And I thought that was a really cool thing because of course the whole concept of the game, you had the power to do that. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. I was just hoping that this one would be better. Yeah. It would it would be more filled out. I feel like I had more going on. And to a point it was. So I guess mostly I was skeptical. Right. Yeah. I loved Ezio. I was excited for Ezio, but I was terrified of the gameplay. <laughs> like I was terrified it was gonna be another fifteen hour turd. It did not entice me in the slightest in that bit of it because I didn't want that. Mm. Brotherhood did not do the franchise good things. <laughs> it really it didn't. Seriously, you had by this point, you had one, two, three, four, five, six games mm-hmm. leading up to this. And five of the six of those were good. Granted, three of them were on handheld devices, you know, Nintendo or the PlayStation Portable, right? Mm-hmm. And three of those were on the big box systems. But I didn't hear any complaints about the the handheld one. Yeah. Like, even though we're not doing reviews on them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything negative. Yeah. But Brotherhood really fucking knife to the back, pun intended, <laughs> to the franchise. So mm-hmm. I did go in hesitant. Seeing the stuff and kind of being like, great, I got a zip line. I've got a hook blade. Like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> and then not actually, I feel kind of bad, not actually understanding where the fuck in the world I'm at. Yeah. Because it was not Italy. <laughs> I can tell you that much right fucking now. <laughs> like, it was... Too tan. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's where I was. I was yeah. more interested in finding out what the fuck was going on with Desmond. Yeah. Similarly, what you were saying is that, you know, I had been in a transition. I had been out of the country for about six months when this was coming out. Yeah. And, you know, we wrapped up Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and I really liked the story with Desmond. But everything I had been seeing about this didn't really grab me. It didn't bring me back in. I wanted to know what was going on. But... I just, 
I just didn't have the same excitement that I felt for this. And it was about this time in my life that I realized the distinction between a game that I was looking forward to and a game I was excited about. And this is a game that I was looking forward to, but I wasn't excited about it. I I can't even say I was looking forward to it. It was just one of those, I'll buy it when I don't have this or this or this to play. That's what I'm filling my time with. Yeah. I mean, the hook blade seemed a little weird to me. I didn't really care about the time period and the overall plot that I had been sold. I was like, okay, you know, why didn't we do this earlier? So yeah, again, like you, I was kind of reluctant, but I was curious to get to it when I got to it. You know, I was not in any rush to play it. That's for certain. I feel like that was how the rest of the fan base felt. I remember a lot of things being put out about this. Yeah. Mind you, before this, social media wasn't, I guess, it was there, for those of you who are as old as us, MySpace (laughs) and all that. Like, it was present. It was there. I was using Facebook in 2011. Yeah, and Facebook came out. But along with that, so did other social things kind of develop, Mm -hmm. which the big one, of course, is memes. Like, (laughs) everybody loves a good meme. And... I, honest to God, don't remember any other memes about any of the other Assassin's Creed games. The first ones I remember are about this game. Yeah. And it's making fun of, well, is it a hook? Is it a blade? It's both. It's a hook blade. <laughs> and it's a hook. It's a blade. <laughs> yeah. It was hysterical because, th- and this was even before the game came out. They were taking shots of the trailer footage right. to like make fun of this game. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. <laughs> But again, I wanted to know how things ended with Desmond. As we left him, he was passed out in a coma and he just shanked his lover to be. You had no idea what was going on. Was he alive? Was he dead? Was he dead alive? Like, <laughs> it was it was a mystery. And that's more of what I was interested in, was finding out the storyline behind that. I wanted to see the end of Ezio's story, mm-hmm. but I was definitely way more interested in Desmond's. Yeah, this did have a multiplayer. They did bring it back. They added some new stuff to it. Look, we mentioned it. That's it. We didn't Uh, play it. We didn't care. We're moving on. In all honesty, (laughs) I don't think I actually did play this one because in Brotherhood, I gave it a try. Like, hey, here's a multiplayer feature. In this one, I was like, oh, fuck, there's a multiplayer feature. (laughs) And that was basically my extent of it. Hey, guys, just want to give you a heads up. From here on out, there's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. So why don't you hit him with the plot a little bit? Okay, so again, this picks up right where Brotherhood left off. Desmond is in a coma. He just killed, and you do get a confirmation, he killed Lucy while he was being controlled by Juno, which, of course, nobody else knows. Mm -hmm. And he's basically being taken to New York City by Rebecca and his dad. Maybe it was just Rebecca. I think maybe it was just Rebecca who took him. Right. But she's taking him to New York because Sean actually stays back to attend Lucy's funeral and Mm. It's kind of crazy because you don't understand why he did what he did with Lucy or Juno did what she did with Lucy, I should say. Right. But they get to New York City and that's where they meet up with William Miles, which is, of course, Desmond's dad. Plot twist. And yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca. Well, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a plot twist. Because, again, if you read the emails and you look at the information outside of the Animus, you should have known for a couple of games now. Mm -hmm. He exists. He's alive. And he's kind of running the fucking show. 
You know what I mean? He, it really feels like he's the leader of the assassins. And I will say, in this point, when you meet him, yeah. it does feel like they're trying to groom Desmond to take his spot as the leader. Especially since, basically through Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, mm-hmm. you see Ezio's transition from a nobody, yeah. Desmond's beginning, to an assassin, Desmond at the be- at the end of fucking... Um, Assassin's Creed 2 yep. to a leader, which I, I can't say connects to Brotherhood because it doesn't connect to Brotherhood at all. I've got that feeling like they were building up that transition. Rebecca and William have a discussion on whether or not to put him back in the Animus mm-hmm. because, of course, they have the Animus, which you find out in Brotherhood is Animus 2.0. They discuss on if they put him back into the Animus, not to put him back in the full-fledged thing, but like when you boot up a computer in safe mode to fix some bugs. That's what they're talking about doing, <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. So they do. They put him in the Animus and boot the machine up in safe mode, also known as the Black Room, or I think they call it the Nexus. That's where Desmond wakes up. He's on Animus Island. <laughs> like, which was basically the original Animus testing to mm. see if they could awaken a subconscious in the computer. Very quickly, you meet up with Subject 16. Who reveals his name to be like Clay Kazamarik? Kazamarik? I just just called him Clay. It is. It's Clay. Well, Subject 16 or Clay. Yeah. Who you find out basically the remnants of him. Mm -hmm. He was the first person Abstergo put into the Animus when they were still trying to like work out the bugs is what it feels like. And in doing so, they basically stole... All of his memory. Yeah, it's like his consciousness, kind of. Yeah, now he is literally a bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah. Every he's very, memory he's very he has digital. and everything like that. And he is. You can pass through him. It's really weird. But Clay explains to him, your mind's fucked, bro. Whatever happened to you fucked you up. <laughs> the only way for him to kind of live a normal life and basically come back to or go back to reality, mm-hmm. right? is for him to go through his ancestry's memories and tell there is no more memories to go through. Yeah. All the way through. Desmond believes that this is actually only pertaining to Ezio, but mm. it's actually Ezio and Altair. Yeah. Which I believe it's one of the handheld games because I don't remember this in any of the big titles. This is like the second or third game in this series Mm. where you get to play three characters in one game. You play Desmond, you play Ezio, and you play Altair, right? Right. This is it. There's not a lot of those Assassin's Creed games where you're, you're having that kind of variety. Yeah. You know, mostly it's boom, one character in the Animus. Boom, one character out of the end. Yeah. And that's it, right? Mm -hmm. So he's in there and basically he has to start going through their memory. Mm -hmm. So, of course, let's let's start with Ezio. Yeah. Well, it's... The main one. Ezio is the main one. So what you basically find out is it's four years after Ezio basically kills Borgia. And he has traveled back to Massif. Massif? Massif. Masyaf, which is the original temple for the Assassin's Order, where Altair was. Yeah. But he basically discovers it's no longer an Assassin temple. It is a fucking Templar palace. <laughs> like, they are fucking everywhere. And day fucking one, he shows up and is like, oh, look at my ancestral home. And the guards are like, 
kill him. <laughs> and he he fucking immediately becomes a target for the Templars, which kind of makes sense because at this point, you are an older man. You have a big white beard, but you are still top of your fucking game fit. Like, oh, yeah. It's incredible. This lifestyle will do something to you. Let me tell you, right? <laughs> so you end up having to escape. And then you basically meet up with a couple of other assassins. Mm -hmm. They basically tell you, hey, look, we've been taken over. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, you tell them, look, I'm looking for answers. That's the whole point of Altair being there. Because he does. He has some super big questions concerning the pieces of Eden. Mind you, by this point in time, he's come in contact with two of them on multiple occasions. I can kind of get where he's like... What the fuck is going on? Well, he learns that Altair created a library, but in order to get to the library, you have to find these five dislike keys. Mm -hmm. And you basically learn that Nicola Polo was basically given them and told, hide them the fuck anywhere you want. That rock, that rock looks like a good rock. That's a good rock. Hide it under that rock. (laughs) So that's what you're doing. But at the same time, you're basically finding out that one of them I think was hidden there and you end up finding it pretty quick Mm -hmm. right as you're evading the the guards and shit like that and then the rest of them are hidden in Constantinople which at that period of time I think it is still now I don't know I'm not good with this part of the world it's like to be honest like what are you like the time period like 1511 or something I I think so yeah or maybe 1516 or something by now somewhere in there because we're talking 1503 1505 somewhere in there is where Ezio kills Borgia and it takes four years after that so, so somewhere in that time span. And um, and I feel like he got a lot older than he should have in those four years. Maybe life was just extra hard back then or something. But I was one he of the aged I, fucking rapidly, I, was, I will say. I yeah. was going to say, I don't remember him looking this haggard after Brotherhood. And then if this one's this one's only a few years after that. You mean after two into Brotherhood? Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, in two, he's a kid, right? Yeah. You end like, that one. Well, I think in, you like, end that one, yeah, in your mid-20s. Right? And then, and then that one's supposed to take a couple, place a couple years after two ends. And so, and then so in, like, in, in this one, you're probably, like, in your mid-30s? Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s, and I don't look, I mean, he looks way older than I look. Okay, well, in all fairness, <laughs> though, look at the difference in lifestyle between the 16th century and the 21st century, right? That is true. Come on, dude. It's my skincare regimen is way better than what his ever could have been. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, and you know, we get to be fat and lazy and not have to jump from rooftop to rooftop assassinating people. Like, that's gotta be rough. I mean, you don't know. Rough on the joints. You don't know what I do in my spare time. Well, that's fair. (laughs) But um he goes to Constantinople, Mm -hmm. right, which is the center of the Ottoman Empire. And while he's there, he meets Yusuf, which is the leader of the Turkish assassins. Okay. Which is the first time they've ever brought up other assassins in other areas. Up until yeah. this point, you had all the guys at Masyaf in the first one. And then you just had the people in Rome. There was no real well, mention of anyone else around the world. Yeah, you had some people in Italy and stuff like that around Italy. But I kind of... Yeah. Yeah, that's like, all encompassing Italy. This is the first time where they've kind of like, hey, I'm Italian. Hey, I'm Turkish. Yeah. And we belong to the same brotherhood. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, we're like distant cousins. <laughs> yeah. And in that same thing, he befriends Suleiman. Suleiman? Dude, I got to get better, better at pronouncing names, right? But again, an actual person, Suleiman the Magnificent. Like, legit, that's that's his name. He was the 10th 
longest reigning sultan of the Ottoman Empire <laughs> from 1520 to his death in 1566. Yeah. So at the time, though, when you meet him in the game, you're you're not. You're not a sultan yet. Like, well, he's not. He's oh, sure. He's not. <laughs> but that's when you learn the keys were hidden by Polo, and you basically have to find them. Mm-hmm. You end up coming across a bunch of people, like Sophia, which is, of course, a young female. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't think they hook up. No? I, I can't remember. I can't remember if they hook up or not. Yeah, she's a young traveler and book collector. Nope. Right here in my fucking notes, he eventually falls in love with her. God, I gotta get better at this. Um... <laughs> But with her help, that's where you figure out the location of these keys, right? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you go through these series of things to get. But while all of that's going on, there's a conflict in Constantinople between Prince Ahmed and his brother Selim, who are quarreling, mm-hmm. basically fighting over who gets to become sultan. I don't know, like, in- inherits the sultanhood. I don't know. Like, yeah, however you would phrase that. The sultanness. So caught in the middle of the conflict, Ezio basically finds out from Solomon that he is an Ottoman prince himself, the son of Selim, and that he believes the Templars are behind the feud, trying to like, hey, let's let's get this party started. Yeah, I was going to say, that makes sense, right? Eh, a little bit. I, I, it's I mean, what they do. I was going to say, it's, it's what, what the Templars do, Templars do right? in, this, in this universe. Well, and Ezio ends up uncovering that Manuel, I'm going to fuck this up. Paleologos. Actually, I think you may have got that one. Maybe. <laughs> With Templar support is trying to overthrow the Ottomans and reestablish the Byzantine Empire. And, of course, these are all wrapped up in the keys. Every little thing he does, he ends up killing this dude. He happened to have a key. <laughs> so, of course, Ezio ends up killing Manuel and recovering the last key. Only to basically figure out Manuel wasn't, wasn't the grand supreme, like... I'm the leader of this shit. A guy named Amet was. And his whole true purpose, of course, was to open up Altair's library. Now, this is where continuity kind of gets me. How many Templar masterminds looking for this stuff have we come across? 27. I was going to say. it's Wait, just that's it, how many screw in a light bulb. It's just, <laughs> it's just like every one of these games reminds me of that trope movie plot let's take transformers okay so transformers in the first transformers movie they're looking for the all spark all spark right but then in the second one they're like oh wait no we need the cube and then after that no 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 we need the 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 sphere the sphere yeah I it's, I, whatever it is it's like everyone they step it up and i'm like why were you not looking for this from the beginning so because, i'm just because they I'm didn't know saying. they needed it I, it just it, Chris, this, like come this on. is where this is where the, the the rat presses the buttons and you escape the alternate dimension. <laughs> I just I like this is where I start to see the video game well, sameness of we just need a story where somebody's looking for something. Well, but in a sense though, right? Everything that you're learning about the Templars and the Assassin, this is the game of cat and mouse that they've been playing for centuries at this Mm -hmm. point. The Assassins are trying to hide these things so that the Templars don't gain the power to strip you of free will. That's basically, that's the trope, right? Like, that's what's going on. Because, of course, you know, once Ezio figures this out, it's like, oh, nope, well, I gotta stop him. (laughs) God, I said some guy named Ahmet. It's Prince Ahmet, by the way. Like, totally, sorry, totally backtracking there. (laughs) Prince Ahmet's the one who's behind all of it. Oh, I I just... I, like, I remember playing through the game and being like, that's the dude. (laughs) That's, That's the main bad guy. Because as you said, like, it's that 
somebody's got to be it and it's not going to be who you think it is. Yeah. It's just, they're just, they're just kind of filling in the blanks. It's almost like a, like a Mad Libs kind of thing where they're just like, here's our, Ezio finds a fish. We are, (laughs) we are looking for keys. And this time the leader is going to be a prince. Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, and it's, I'm just, I don't know. I think it, I think it makes sense. Right. Because like the whole, the whole concept, because while you're finding these keys, each key forces you to live through a memory of Altair because he basically like the whole purpose of it is he recorded his memories onto these keys. Mm -hmm. And so you basically through him, you find out all this stuff, which like we'll we'll break it out. We'll finish with Ezio, go into Altair and then like finish up with Desmond. Right. Because you do have those three storylines and they're kind of all happening at the same time, different times. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it, they set it up. Yeah, they set it up <laughs> to make it seem, you know, like it's all one cohesive story. So you you learn about something, and then you see the history of it, and so on and so forth. But and then you see the effects of it in the future, yeah. and then you learn about something, and it keeps going, right? Mm. Because the whole point is you're trying to fix Desmond with Subject 16's help. You find out that Prince Hamet is the true mastermind to the Templars to open up Altair's library. Of course, like during these things, Ezio is using the keys to witness Altair's life, which I that broke my brain. <laughs> it really did, because, of course, like I understand how you and the animus can come across this and it would unlock that memory in your DNA to view the life. But how the fuck did Ezio do it? Well, thank you for bringing that up, because that was going to be my thing was that I don't remember how in this game that's explained. I I don't, I don't remember. either. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't think it was. The rat pressed the correct buttons, (laughs) you know? So, of course, Ezio ends up discovering that Amet has killed Yusuf, which you have kind of befriended by this point. You you know, of course you have. He's, He's your brother from another mother. And he has kidnapped Sophia, who I stated in shame you have fallen in love (laughs) demanding that you give him all the keys in order for Sophia's safety you have to give him all the keys Mm. and like a goddamn cocksucker you do like i've got to be the hero like there are so many tropes in this that that just drive me insane because of course immediately upon giving them to him you make sure Sophia's safe Sophia's good and then you're like okay see ya honey I gotta go chase after this dude (laughs) and you recover the keys from him right Mm -hmm. but of course before you can kill him Salim arrives with his army of like badasses and basically like no 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 I got this chop chop and fucking kills him right like Mm -hmm. just straight up kills him states that their father basically made his choice Basically, like, I'm the new sultan now, right? right? Like, dad was like, nope, you're it. Not that motherfucker. All you. Solomon's basically like, hey, don't kill him. He's a good guy type deal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He spares Ezio, and, but tells him, like, leave and never return. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a fucking scar with fucking Simba type type deal you must run away yeah run as far away as you can and never return after that memory is when the animus like starts fucking like deleting data Mm -hmm. right and then we get into like desmond's part yeah but in between that right like as i said as you collect each key you start going through altair's life Mm -hmm. 
where it basically picks up after you kill Al Mulam, Mulhalam, right? However you fucking say it. Yep. Um, but he, you know, Altair has the apple and he has become the leader of the assassins. But of course, like, not everybody's like, hey, I'm cool with this, right? <laughs> like, there's there's some dude, um, Abbas, that's, that's kind of like, uh, no motherfucker, like, you just got demoted, like, three fucking days ago. You know, mm. like, if you remember the game, it, it's not a very long time period. He goes on a mission, does some stupid ass shit, cocky as hell, gets demoted down to a fucking, like, newbie, and then works his way up and finds out that Al-Malim is a bad guy and fucking kills him, right? Mm. And so, like, he's super pissed off at him for that and for killing Al-Malim because, of course... If I remember correctly, they were all in trances. Yeah. And they weren't like when he killed him and took possession of the apple, it's not like they knew, like, oh, I was in a trance. I don't they, even remember if they touched base on that. I, I think, don't think they do. Right? It's but just, it kind of feels like that's the way it was if this dude's pissed off at him for killing him. It would make sense that that would be the way that it is, right? Uh, who the fuck knows at this <laughs> point in time? Like, I, I will be honest, this game kind of goes like. All over the place. Off its rockers yeah. in, in these couple of games here because it, like, it hurts my head. <laughs> Years pass, right? All mm-hmm. year, of course, marries some chick, and they end up leaving, right? Because I believe she was an assassin as well. Uh, right? Yeah, that's the Maria chick. She was like the Templar assassin. Oh, oh, right? that, that's right. The one they like they show the clip of you. You guys have hey, the roll in the hay, right? Yeah, yeah, the roll in the hay. That's right. That's right. But you like you end up leaving for a good chunk of time to fight in the Mongol evasion and basically like keep it the fuck away from you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, stay the hell away. But of course, while you're gone, Abbas is like, nope, I'm the boss man now. Like, anybody who's in support of you, I'm going to kill. I'm I'm taking control. You know, like, it, it literally felt like an old-fashioned corporate takeover. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm going to swoop in, replace your guys with my guys, and we're going to be good. So, of course, when he does this, right, because Altair doesn't take, like, his entire family, mm-hmm. like, he leaves... God, I think he he takes his older son. He he had like two or three kids, um. But I know he takes the oldest one with him because his oldest son turns like basically is his right hand man. Yeah, right. Um. But when Abba Abbas takes over, he kills the youngest one, and so like when Altair comes back and finds out, not only has he taken over, like taken my spot, but now he's killed my fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Game on, motherfucker. Yeah, game on. Right. Altair, of course, goes after him for revenge and his wife, like knowing kind of like you get that feeling like she knows this is only going to lead down a terrible path, which, of course, through the last two fucking games, <laughs> you learn revenge is not the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, she tries to stop him. And in while she's doing that, she gets shanked in the back mm-hmm. by some other like fucking like no name assassin, which I want to say Altair like immediately like no and fucking beheads him. <laughs> like it's uh, a quick like done. That was a bad move. I'm gonna die now. <laughs> well, live by the hidden blade, die by the hidden blade, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. So after he does that, right? Like he ends up fleeing. Like, him and... He grabs his older son, mm-hmm. and they, like, take the fuck off. And I, I believe, like, he's gone for, like, 20, 30 years. Right? Yeah, no, it is a long time that he's... Yeah, yeah. and 
he basically he's like put himself in exile Mm -hmm. you know like it it just kind of feels like he was super upset about what was going on what happened not only did he lose his son he lost his wife like what the fuck is going on in his life and it just kind of trying to figure out what the hell to do but he ends up returning and he kills abbas so you know basically takes his revenge <laughs> you know revenge is a dish best served after 30 years lots of time after lots of time <laughs> right like i let it simmer for a while <laughs> got the flavor in it then set it in a smoked barrel <laughs> and then forgot about it then for like forgot about years. it like holy fuck yeah luckily it didn't like rot it stayed perfectly fermented and boom and then he becomes the leader of the assassins again. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he totally takes over. And, like, during this process, right, Altair, you, you basically find out that, like, Abbas is upset at Altair for killing his dad or, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And Altair's like, dude, wasn't me. And basically explains to him the truth. And then starts to build the library, which, he, of course, he while he's doing that, he's, he's building the keys, which you need to open up the library, and he's encoding his memories on it, right? Like, that's the best way I can think of it. Yeah. Like, honestly, I kind of thought of it like a record, you know? <laughs> like, in all seriously, because that's kind of what they looked like to me. Yeah. Was records. And I'm like, but I don't understand how, like, Ezio can view these. Like, I, I said it before. It's still one of those mind-boggling things. But he does. Like, Ezio makes comments about it and shit. And so does Desmond. Because Desmond talks to Subject 16 about it and Mm. everything. And I didn't like Subject 16, by the way. Clay. Whatever you want to call him. I didn't like him. I thought he was creepy as fuck. I thought there was a way bigger ulterior motive to him. Yeah. I thought he was going to shank you in the ass and basically take over your body like a possession. Yeah, there was... Like, didn't it feel that way? Yeah. I I, I mean, (laughs) give the guy who did the voice work like an Oscar or something because oh, who was that? I just remember Clay being just this weird, crazy, I mean, insane person. Cam Clark. Yeah. Bad vibes. All, all the bad vibes. Well, all the which bad vibes. really confused the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of course you go through all of this and you learn all of this stuff about him. Right. And by this point, Ezio has collected all five of the keys him and Sophia return to Mesef where he unlocks Altair's library and then basically finds like a sixth key. Because what you see is Altair's skeleton sitting in this chair with a key in his like basically skeleton hand, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's dead. Which I'm like, dude. That is that is commitment to just that, stay in a chair holding a key, being like, This is how I will die forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of, of course he's he takes it and boom jumps right into it where it shows that Altair had an apple of Eden and basically built this library. That's not a library to, to secure the apple. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of get in it. Like it was a lock me in this now, son, leave with your wife and kids go for a better life. I'm going to sit here and protect this. And then he basically like climbs into the chair and 
dies. <laughs> like, he's not there for long. He just basically sits in it and then dies. Oh, that's how you took it? That's how I took it. N- yeah, no. Because, like, literally, at the end of the memory, the way that he's sitting is the way Ezio finds him. Yeah, no, I... Like, I mean, unless he drank poison or something, I don't remember. He's pretty fucking old by that point. Yeah. Like, even honest to God, I think he's older. Because when you come across him in the first game, mm-hmm. right, in the first game, he looks like he's in his fucking 30s. Well, that's true. I but, Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. But still. But even mid-20s. Even if you take 20s, right? Early yeah. 20s. He lived fucking like 30 years yeah, after that. Like he's he is older than he's older than Ezio by yeah. far at this point. And he looked better than Ezio. <laughs> like, so it, it's not, during that time period. It's not hard to believe for him to be like, yep, yep. You guys completed this just in fucking time. Yeah. Gonna, because like it doesn't specify from the point where like he's old. I want to say he's old when he kills Abbas and takes back control mm-hmm. and starts building the library. But, like, he then, you know, the library's built, and he's basically, all right, I'm, I'm fucking done. Yeah. Like, leave without me. I'm going to stay here and protect this, which is the only part that makes me think maybe he sat there for a little bit. But, like, literally, the way that he moves, and then he sits in the chair, and he's like, huh. <laughs> and then, like, you see Ezio being like, oh, look at this thing in this dead skeleton's hand. Like, don't get me wrong. He totally pays respects to Altair. He knows who he is. Ezio mm. is, like, by this point, he has done a lot of research to figure out who Altair was, what was going on, why it seems such a mystery. And he's, like, trying to answer some questions. Great, 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 great grandfather or great, great, great grandfather? <laughs> um, I, I, you know... <laughs> I think it's the second one. Okay. <laughs> I like, but, but mind you, like that's a good chunk of time that has passed. Oh, absolutely. And he's, he's basically, he's found these documents and like, there was a library there mm-hmm. as they were building it. Altair was filling it up with books and codexes and all this other stuff. And Ezio finds those. It's part of what you find out in, um, brotherhood, right? Like he's, he's finding some of the codexes of Altair. Mm hmm. So, like, in that, it, it presents some question. So, like, this was kind of it, you know? So, like, he learns Altair basically sits in the chair to keep the Apple of Eden secret from the Templars, right? Right. But instead of Ezio being like, hoo yay, another fucking apple, I'm going to have a bushel in no time. <laughs> he's like, nope, nope, fucking done. So done. <laughs> So fucking done. And literally, he leaves the apple basically stating, like, I'm old. I'm mm. done. I've had enough of this for one life. And turns in, like, this. He starts taking off all of his equipment. Yeah. And, and to me, this was, like, some of the most iconic things, right? Mm. Like, I love this. I, I don't know. So he starts talking to desmond like he literally turns and looks at him and do you remember anything about what he said um he wants him to find like the answers to all these questions and stuff like that Well, that's what he was trying to do him and altair they were like what is going on with this all this stuff we are trying to to figure out we're trying to figure out the answer to the overall question by finding all of the stuff and he tells desmond like finish that job basically is what i is what i got out of it yeah so basically it's like another art he's like i have the script right okay like (laughs) i i loved this and i couldn't remember it verbatim but Mm. Ezio is basically another artifact no you will stay here i've seen enough for one life and then the apple activates 
And Ezio's like, Desmond? <laughs> and that's when you hear like Desmond's voice like, oh my god, he's talking to me. <laughs> and Ezio's like, I heard your name once before, Desmond, a long time ago. And now it lingers in my mind like an image from an old dream. I do not know where you are or by what means you can hear me, but I know you are listening. <laughs> and like, it gave me the fucking chills bro like this whole thing gave me the chills yeah because while he's doing that right like he discards his hidden blades his sword like he he literally starts taking off his armor and weapons Mm. right and he goes i have lived my life as best i could not knowing its purpose but drawn forward like a moth to a distant moon (laughs) like it is so it's I don't know. It's so poetic, which I find so fitting considering he lived a majority of his life during the fucking Renaissance. Yeah. Like, it makes great, sense. Right. And he's like, and here at least, at last, sorry, and here at last, I discover a strange truth that I am only a conduit for a message that eludes my understanding. Who are we? Who have been so blessed to share our stories like this, to speak across centuries? Maybe you will answer all the questions I have asked. Maybe you will be the one to make all this suffering worth something in the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to like a certain point, he is basically like fulfill what I've started. <laughs> like right. I was trying to think of. Sorry. I was trying to think of the way to say it. Like he, he is like fulfill what I started. And hopefully you can answer it because like I can't continue this pursuit anymore. Mm-hmm. I like Basically how you were saying it's a trope. I feel like he was kind of like, I can't keep doing the same goddamn thing over and over again throughout my life. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. He was supposed to retire in two days. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's retiring right now. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. And then, of course, like, it's super weird because I remember, like, an image of Desmond shows up. Mm. And Ezio, like, puts his hand on his shoulder. And he's like, now listen. And that's when it gets all fuckered up. And we'll get to that, right? Because now you have Desmond's story. Right. So through this, he's on this island. And he's basically going, like, jumping from... It felt like island to island to island to kind of relive these different memories Mm -hmm. of Ezio and Altair. Because every time Ezio found a disc, it cut away to an island in which you relived a memory of Altair. Yeah. Like... And during all of this, again, Clay is, like, right there with you, like, hey, buddy. (laughs) Hey. I hope you fail. Because I'm going to eat your soul. Yeah, it's so weird. He's so creepy. And, like, you can tell he's broken. Um, Oh, yeah. He is way broken. He is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. He ends up saving your life because after you find the fifth key and completing the memory of Altair, the Animus begins to, like, delete excess data yeah like it, it's it's like nope fuck you big middle finger and the excess data includes animus island and anybody who's on it this is the part where i literally thought like clay was going to be like we're going to become one in the same <laughs> one of us one of us because he like grabs you and he actually imprints his genetic memories into Desmond before sacrificing himself, which like blew my mind because it it was not like I really felt like that was out of character for him. No, like, I hundred percent. Yeah, I absolutely agree because up until this point he has been this weird, chaotic, 
in, in, spazzled. Yeah, insane force in here with you, with your conscious as Desmond. Yeah. And yeah, like, I just, I didn't see, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. That's for sure. Yeah. So he, like, he sacrifices himself to save you. And of course, that's when you kind of go back to Ezio and everything like that. And you're living through the last of the memories. Which is why I say, like, this is important. Because, like, at that speech where Ed, um, Ezio is talking to Desmond and he t- touches him and he's like, now listen. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the last you hear from Ezio. Done. Like, literally, Ezio's gone. Like, you never see him again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's a way to end it. Because at that point in time, you, like, glitch out. And you find yourself in this completely different place, which mm-hmm. you later find out is called the nexus of time. And then Jupiter appears, mm-hmm. which, of course, Jupiter, another god. But he, of course, the father of the sky, you know, all this all this good stuff. You know, he is Zeus. He's the Roman version of, Z- of Zeus? The Roman version of Zeus, yeah. right? God of the sky and thunder, king of the gods. Like, he... He is the head fucking honcho. <laughs> and he basically like busts through Ezio's message and be like, well, no, no, no. I got more important shit. Yeah. And he's like, do you hear me? Can you see me? Like he's trying to work this thing. And then of course he spots Desmond in the Nexus and he's like, okay, good. Thank God you're here. I'm not fucking good with this shit. Like it's funny because the animus is still kind of working. Like I remember because of course I play with subtitles for various different reasons of volume and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in the subtitles, he's like, Oh, there you are. Good. You know, this is a strange place, right? The next is the time I'm, I'm not used to being, I'm not used to the do, 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 do calculations. And that like, it literally like fuzzes out his voice or something. <laughs> And he's like, this has always been my nervous thing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, well, that's that's kind of a glitch. So some shit's still happening, right? Like, I'm still, like, it makes you feel like you're still in the animus, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And he's like, okay, so I'm sure you got questions, right? And then he begins to explain stuff. Like, this is this is where Desmond's big part comes comes pretty big, bold, and true. I don't know how much of this you remember, but like he be, he explains who they are, what's going on, where they are, mm-hmm. what they did, what ultimately happened. You like experience it because he basically explains like, look, so we knew the end of the world was coming. We we kind of like foretold it in our prophecies. Mm-hmm. So we built all of these vaults around the world, and in these vaults, we we were just fucking coming up with methods and and, and experiments and all this shit to try to try and basically figure out how the fuck to stop this. Yeah. But at the same time, like the reason why they built these vaults and they were underground was because there's this huge fucking war raging above them. And they basically one didn't want to get caught up into it. And two didn't want these fucking people to find these things and think like, Oh my God, this is a safe haven. This is where I can go to hide and kind of like fuck up everything. Mm hmm. But the big thing is they wanted them preserved. Mm -hmm. They wanted them to live on in case something like this happened again. And I vaguely remember, like, you see these vaults not just on Earth, but, like, all over the galaxy. Like, on all these different fucking planets. Mm. 
and I can't I can't remember, but I like I get that feeling in my gut when I think about it. Because I remember him pointing out like the grand temple, like the head one is on earth. Mm-hmm. And it's like right fucking here. Boop. <laughs> Google pin. Because like right after that you see like like a memory of him, Juno and Minerva, like inside of it talking and basically kind of try like they're testing all of these different things that all the vaults have come off with. And like, he makes a comment about how they, they tested and with each one more success and more hope. And then each one and each one and each one, and then boom, the world ends. Yeah. Like (laughs) they weren't able to stop it. It just fucking happened. Yeah. And like, he talks about how it, it destroyed, like the earth shook for days fucking it was on fire for weeks and then when everybody everything basically had settled down you had a handful of humans and less than that of these gods yeah and they basically had to carry on like they 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 banded together to survive and rebuild and and you're the result of that that was your basic explanation which is why he's like now like now You've got to go back to this place. Like, here it is. I showed you where it is. You got to go back and you got to do something to stop this. Mm. Like, we tried, but you have to because this time, if it happens, you all deadsies. <laughs> like, and that's very much the feeling that I got was like, it's done and over. Yeah. And so, with that said, Boom, you wake the fuck up and you're like, hey, we got to go here. We got to do this. I'll explain everything on the way. Yep, let's go. Pack your bags. Like, because at this point in time, right, when you wake up, you have, because throughout it, this is the only one in which you do not come out of the Animus. Like, in all the other games up to this one, you always jump between the Animus and the real world. You don't because you're in a coma yeah, you the were, whole time. Yeah, this one, the jumping is between Ezio, Altair, and Desmond in the yeah. Nexus. Yeah, that's where all the jumping is. I mean, I don't... There's no real outside anything in this one. I mean, this is all taking place in the Animus and in Desmond's subconscious. subconscious? Yeah. That's what it felt like, <laughs> yeah. really. It, it just, it like... In his his matrix profile inside the animus, the waiting room. Yeah, it, where he learned kung fu. Yeah, he learned. I knew kung fu. I love you, Kanu. Show me. I love you, Kanu. You're awesome. Yeah, but anyway, you're right. There is no outside influences once you kind of start getting into the story, and then yeah, you wake up and you come out, and it's like, okay, now we gotta go. Well, and, and that, that's it. He basically yeah. like, I know what to do. I got this. Yeah. Let's go. And, like, I think you see a screen of, like, the underground vault activating. Right? Like, coming online. And it's like, well, that was very Skynet of you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Like, boom. And roll credits. Yeah. Like, and you're just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, again, it it wasn't as long as two or one. One or two, yeah. But it wasn't as short as Brotherhood. No, and... And you definitely get a lot more vital information. Yeah, but you know what my big problem with this was? Hmm. Not, like, right, at this point, all I care about is what's going on with Desmond, and nothing's going on with him in this one. This was such a letdown in my mind, because there's nothing going on. I mean, you don't learn anything really new. All that happens, right, all that happens from the end of Brotherhood to the end of this one is Desmond wakes up and knows where to go. That's it. That's the only thing that happens with Desmond. They left it on but such But don't a... you think that's a key point? No, because they left it on... <laughs> think, of the, think of the hook they left us on, right? The hook blade they left us on at the end of Brotherhood, okay? Think of that. 
And it was, oh my God, Desmond's talking to now another first civilization person. They're being, he's being controlled by them. He kills Lucy and now he's in a coma. What the hell is going on? Everything is up in the air. At the end of this one, all he's like is, I know where to go. But like, we didn't resolve any of that. He doesn't ask about Lucy. There's none of that. I was so disappointed by this. Not to mention, I was disappointed with the gameplay. There was no changes. It was none. It, there was you had a hook blade. And, there was a hook blade, and you could and, slide around. Ooh, I was so. But literally, the combat was the same. The tower defense system, where like so, like you had to take over these districts of Constantinople, mm-hmm. and the Templars could take it back. Yeah. So guess what? It became a fucking nuisance. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so annoying. So annoying. I mean, it didn't even have the. The recruit, like being able to call in nope. assassins, nope. like that because was because you, you were on your own, basically. Yeah. Like, I love oh. how you meet now that I've, I'm done explaining, I'm gonna get passionate here, guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love how you meet the fucking Turkish assassin, mm-hmm. but he's not like, Well, here is my group of assassins at your disposal. Yeah, like, he's just like, What's up? Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's this dude and a hot chick, yeah, and like. And right, go forth and you know multiply. I mean, you get the hook, you get the hook blade. You get what? There's like a bunch of different kinds of bombs you can do. That's pretty cool. I don't even remember using a bunch of them to be honest. It's not like, an assassin technique. That's what I'm saying, right? Like boom, 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 boom. Like what assassin use? Like what? Well, assassin in this day and age would use a bomb. I mean, again, I and I had problems with a gun. Not this this day and age. <laughs> I was like, the, um, the games this this day and age. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I mean. No, no, no. I, I I absolutely agree with you. It didn't add anything to that extent, right? Like, mm-hmm. really no new weaponry. We've had bombs in the past. It just added a different variety of them. Yeah. Um, and you still had some of, the, some of the classics, the smoke bomb and all that. The only thing that I think in this was, in my, it, it, to me, it mm-hmm. felt like every fucking person you came across was a Templar. Yeah. Like, there were no, like, actual, like, just people casually walking around. No, they were Templars. Mm-hmm. All of them. They were guards, Templars, whatever. They wanted to kill you. That that was it. That's all you came across. Would all you of- say they were Templars? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> I, I can't. My brain. I'm. I formally apologize. <laughs> To anybody who has a soul, because I'm sure that just killed it. Um, no, I would not say that. All right, fair enough. I, <laughs> it, but that's what it felt like. Like yeah. that's all you came across. Yeah. That's all that was there. So you either snuck around them, you fought them, you bombed them, or you ran away. Yeah, like it, it, like those were your options. To me, it was it, the storyline was a lot richer. Mm-hmm. Like I I really appreciated that. You got the cross between Ezio and Altair's storyline. Right. And ultimately, you got to see the end of these two characters. And I have to agree with you on that. So it, I have to I have to give this game credit where credit is due. The wrapping up of the Altair and Ezio stories, they did a good job. Now, it's not the happiest of endings for Altair. It's a good ending for Ezio. But, I mean, if that is the only positive thing I can really say about it, then... I don't understand when you look at the reception, you have 80s out of 100s, B pluses, 7, 7.5 out of 10s, 4 stars. I mean, everybody said that it was good and great, but I'm like, 
what am I missing? What am I missing in this? You know, brother. Well, I think I think that was it, though. I think if you take it from the storyline of the characters, which you've already openly admitted, you had zero fucking interest in. Mm-hmm. Like you were more interested in Desmond, and Desmond didn't do shit. Yeah. If you look at it though from the completion of Ezio's storyline, like mm. because it does it, it, one, it shows you falling in love, right? Right, like true love, not lust. Because throughout this, you fuck a lot of women as Ezio, like a lot. Like, how did this dude's dick not fall off from syphilis? Oh my God, what? Nothing. I'm just saying. So for him to finally meet somebody, right? Right. And fall in love, one, that's where you see the carry-on of the, the like, what you believe to be the carry-on of the bloodline. Absolutely. There has to be something, yeah. right, to connect you. Yeah. Um, and you see that with Altair. You see him get married and have kids. And, like, it, I know it seems stupid, but it's something that I like because I think very much you can get the feeling like these fucking people are Jedi. Like, they're not allowed to, like, marry. They're not allowed to reproduce. They're not allowed to have families. They're not allowed to carry on. Because so much of the game is basically just about them running around solo by themselves, killing people, and not really making connections with other people in that kind of way. Uh, All right. I mean, I guess I can kind of see that. But, I mean, again, right? Like, I have given praise that the Ezio and Altair stories were good. I don't think that means that it deserves an 8 out of 10 or something like that. I mean, if you find a diamond ring in a pile of garbage... All right. Yeah, you may have a diamond ring, but it's still in a pile of garbage. Like, that's what I'm saying. That makes no sense at all. You have a fucking diamond ring. Pull it out of the garbage and wash it off. <laughs> all right. So maybe that's a bad. <laughs> like... Okay, fine. But, uh, let me... but that's the thing. Let... Maybe that's where it lost its two points. So <sighs> if you think about it, you have Ezio and Altair and you have shit for Desmond. There's where it's two points lost. But, but well, but you're saying it shouldn't have gotten eight to begin with. Well, OK, so the hook blade, is that a positive? Is the tower yes. def- is the tower defense a positive? Yes. Were the graphics improved? Yes. Were the, you are you are you don't believe any of this you're saying, <laughs> right? Were the mechanics improved? No. Did no. did they bring back the fun mechanics? Like let's just say that let's just list out some of the mechanics. Did they bring back using other assassins? No. Did they bring back interesting set pieces for primary assassinations. No. So if all you have that is a good thing is the wrap up, not even the entire story, but the wrap up. Cause once again, how does Altair put his memories on a disc in like 11, 12 or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> how does he do that? And then sit in a vault, turn into a skeleton, which probably smells delicious by the way. For Ezio to come and find. Okay. If that. Like, if we're going to nitpick this thing apart, let's fucking nitpick it apart. That's what you do in a discussion is you nitpick. So, (laughs) like, the vault had fucking windows. (laughs) Like, there was a whole open portion of this vault. And I'm like, yeah, that's real fucking secure. I've got a door on one side, but the other, just fucking chop her on in. Right. Like... Are you kidding me? And like, it's below ground. It's below a cliff. You could literally just rappel into the vault, Mm -hmm. which by the way, by this point in time, the fact that you have Leonardo da Vinci as a best friend, basically how the fuck you don't realize that and do it. Like is Ezio's IQ 10? Like, cause that's really what it felt like in this one. Like, well, doesn't, doesn't syphilis affect your brain? It does. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that happened with syphilis. (laughs) But, like, seriously, like, it just, there is so much that, I yes, I will give you. It, it If you nitpick the crap out of it, it's a terrible game. I enjoyed the storyline. And that's great. 
And because I enjoyed this story, I would give it an 8 out of 10. I would agree with those reviews because, like, granted, you don't have, like... I've never been to Constantinople, mm-hmm. right? So I don't no, know. Actually, tech, now it's Istanbul, right? It's not Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Folks, I was waiting for this the, <laughs> the entire the entire thing. Is while I was saying this the whole time, I was waiting for him to break out in song, and he kind of did it. He like he was doing it before, and it was <laughs> it was a thing. But now now he just he had to do it. Istanbul, whatever, mm-hmm. Constantinople. I don't know the historical sites in it. So, yeah. so it's not like when I was running through, I was like, oh my God, look at this. Right. And thank you very much for actually proving, helping to prove my point. It's not even like in the second one where it's, oh, this is really cool Renaissance era Italy architecture. It's Constantinople. Istanbul. No, no. Then it was Constantinople. Istanbul. Now it's Istanbul. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm sorry. I offer really. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good because that's it. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. Like I liked the story, and that's great. Just yeah. for the story, you take any other aspect of this game, and you could shred it to bits and pieces, and I like. I wouldn't care. Yeah. Um. Because you're right. <laughs> like, the only thing that it adds, the only thing. In all honesty, like because realistically, Ezio and Altair, their story and how they end. Let's let's face it, where Desmond, twenty twelve, they be dead. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah, they died. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we didn't need to watch them die. Yeah, we knew they died. <laughs> like it's okay. <laughs> so great. It was good to watch. It was cool to see one master you know, bow and respect another master. But the only thing it really added was information on the first civilization, information on what originally happened, Mm -hmm. like basically fill in a little bit of that storyline, right? About the first civilization. It still doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like at this point. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense to me. Like there is so much of it that I'm just kind of like, this doesn't like, I I saw this video of two people fleeing from you while you chase them down with like fucking sentry robots mm-hmm. and shit like that, and like all of a sudden you're like, hey, we're buddy buddy, fist <laughs> bump, secret handshake. Now you in my club, yo. And I get like world ending, like hey, it's time to put our petty shit aside. But yeah. like even in that, they were basically like, yeah, we didn't put our petty shit aside. Which <laughs> us elite few hit underground. Yeah. From everybody else not putting their petty shit aside. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we did. We took some of you with us, but not a whole lot. Mostly it was for experiments and, you know, for, you know, garnishes on our food. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, that's really kind of what it felt like. Jupiter was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we took you with us just because we need you. Yeah. You know, and, and without that, we wouldn't exist. And for that reason alone, we'll, we'll just keep you alive. Other than that, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. Zero fucks given. And... That was it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, so it doesn't it doesn't connect to me. But it was filling in more of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's still a shit ton more about the first civilization, which, to my understanding, and I, I, I'll be honest, like I haven't played through yet, is kind of outlined in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess they jump into it a whole lot more in Odyssey. Oh, it's insane the amount yeah. of time you spend talking about those people. Oh, yeah. Well, and talking with those people. And talking with those people, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... it's. I, 
I don't know. It's mind boggling. So I, it's cool, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, would I feel like I missed anything if I didn't play this game? No. And that is the nail on the head being hit because you're right. I don't feel like this game added anything. All it did was close two chapters, one for Altair and one for Ezio. I don't think it did anything else. Nothing that I couldn't read in a nine paragraph review. (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) like, and like I said, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, right? Like if you loved it, I'm glad you loved it. That's what gaming should be about is you find something you love and you play the hell out of it. I would love to know how. Yeah. But I, again, I mean, I said the same thing about brotherhood, right? I would love to talk to have a real conversation with somebody who loved this game to see what maybe I'm missing. You know, there was downloadable content, right? There were DLCs. Do you know what the first two DLC packs were? Literally, and I use the term pack because they were nothing but customization for the multiplayer. This is a problem. Then well, the third one's just the Lost Archive. Yeah. And it's like, that didn't really add anything to it. Lost Archive was, was the only thing that added anything. And that was really just about Clay and Lucy, like stuff going on with them. So you got a little more about Lucy, but... And a little bit more about Clay. Yeah, but again, like that's not what I'm interested in at this point. I'm interested in the really interesting stories, the way that whose memories we're reliving sync up with what Desmond is doing. Desmond was in a coma trying to... Not die. Not die and find a connection between Altair and Ezio. Okay, fine, we did that, but... It didn't well, uh, have to te- be like that. Technically, if you listen to Clay, mm-hmm. him relieving those memories is rebuilding his own mind. Like it, because you got to think like, and it's one of the prominent things. Like I, I know I keep jumping back and forth on this fucking fence on this thing <laughs> because like I'm, I'm, I love Ezio. Mm-hmm. Like I do. I think he's a great character through and through from his birth to his death. I like, I, I love him. And like through it you do see a change and a development and like this this kind of thing in him but um as desmond's going through these things you constantly hear about how like you need to take breaks out of the animus you Mm -hmm. need to you need to slow down you need to stop you need to do this we need to be cautious of this we need to be worried about this because this thing will break your fucking brain yeah like and clay is the example of that like clay talks about how like he spent fucking days in that thing mm-hmm. and he lost memories. He gained memories. He's all over the fucking place. And truly like in this, you see it, you see the true effects of staying in that animus far too fucking long yeah. all the time. And so like, to me, I was like this, this kind of makes sense, but it doesn't at the same time, like here's something that broke them, but we're hoping to use that exact thing to, to fix him. Mm hmm. But, like, you don't know what they're doing on the outside. Yeah. So, like, I'm just kind of like, so here's Brotherhood filling this seat, and here's Revelations filling this seat, right? Like, and then you have two and three on either side going, mm-hmm. hey, hey, pass the popcorn. Yeah. Like, we're the actual show here. Yeah. I, exactly, right? I mean, at least Brotherhood had a really captivating Desmond story. Sure. Really? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, like, I like. I mean, again, no, it does. It really does. Again, because outside of it, you had interactions with emails, you had interactions with the people, and then you ultimately had the ending. Yeah. Which, again, this ending, Desmond's part of it sucks balls. Mm-hmm. 
Ezio's part of it, like, as I was explaining, like, his speech, like, it moved me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know who the fuck wrote his speech, but brava. <laughs> because it did. Like, it, it fit who his character was, the time period that he grew up in, the type of personality that he had, the poetic nature of it, the the meaning behind it, the tone in which it was delivered. Like, his speech was the most amazing thing about this game to me. Mm -hmm. In all honesty. Like, I give zero fucks about Jupiter. I give zero (laughs) fucks about him waking up. I give zero fucks about what happened to the Ottoman Empire. Like, all of that. His speech was like, boom. Right. And it resonates to me when I play the other games. Mm -hmm. Like, from that point on, every game that I played after that, I, like... There's a part of me that thinks about this speech, and it's just kind of like, well, and, I see how this connects. and it's the same thing with Brotherhood, out. right? When you end on such a great crescendo, it can make everything else that has led up to that point seem a lot better. I mean, we talked about how in Brotherhood there were things we didn't like, there were aspects we didn't like, there yeah. were things that that didn't need to be in there and didn't make sense. And again, you know, there's no correlation between the two things that are going on between Ezio and Desmond. Yeah, you know. However, when you have a great ending to a story, it can lift the entire experience up. I think the to an eight out of a ten. And I think the problem is that me seeing the end of these two gentlemen was that was not enough for me to get over everything. Because and I, I will give you that. I don't think I would have actually like as I said. If I was just talking about the ending itself, mm-hmm. that's an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm looking at the overall game. In general, I don't know how it got an eight. Did like palms get greased? No, oh. because like seriously, I, I and you're right. Like I would love to meet the person who was just like Revelations was the best game ever made of mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, and here is why. Because I want to sit there and go, really, dude, really. What about this? Mm-hmm. What about this? What about this? And like, honestly, I don't think we're gonna find them. I don't. I, I, I feel like people who have played this game and the, the general feel from the, the fan base was just kind of like, take it or leave it. I actually know a lot of people who are very much into Assassin's Creed and very much into SEO who did not play this game. I Brotherhood mean, was basically it for them in the, in the SEO timeline because mm-hmm. to them this was like, nope, this was their year off from fucking Assassin's Creed because... <laughs> They just, they couldn't do it. No. And, they couldn't do it. And I absolutely understand that. And like I said, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess in my wrap up thoughts basically on this mm-hmm. is basically just that I felt like it was unnecessary. I don't know if it was a cash grab. I don't know if it just didn't touch me on a, you know, emotional level or a spiritual level or a soul level or a cellular level. This game didn't speak to me. and it definitely touched me in a naughty level oh, where God. I was like, I need an adult. <laughs> God, you're the worst. And I just feel like it was, un- it was unnecessary. It didn't do anything. It didn't add anything. And honestly, if you skipped it, you could pick up at three and probably just be like, okay, I get what's going on. I, I think it does actually a really good recap in three, if I remember correctly. So, I don't like you didn't need to because I think even Ubisoft kind of realized like, nope, yeah, this is uh, this is a nope. And so when they made three and they released three, they did do a good job of like, 
a recap so far. Yeah, and I mean... Last time on 24. Yeah, because <laughs> really all that you miss is, oh, wait, Desmond goes into a coma after stabbing Lucy, and then it's you begin three where you're like, okay, now we... I know where to go. I know where to go, and we're going Because there. you don't even know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. Juniper is like, um, I don't know how to help you beyond this point, but go here, try this. Man. Yeah. Like, that's where we were, like... Just, just redo what we were doing. And there's a ton of different MacGuffins in this game world that could have pointed them there anyway. Like, you didn't need to go into this thing and see Jupiter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I said, it, if you're going to skip one, skip this one. It's my least favorite oh, in the entire I, series. I definitely agree. I I don't think it's my least favorite. Yeah. But that's just because of the Ezio aspect. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm literally going to say true bias. Right I was going to say just it, because just of that. admit your bias. It's perfectly fine. Um, is it one that I play again? Absolutely not. I, I don't think I would waste my time. No, like I really wouldn't like, I, again, here I am. I love the Ezio trilogy, but I love Ezio, right? Not the trilogy. Yeah. I guess I should say <laughs> because they've re-released it on the newer consoles, remastered all that other stuff. Yeah. And for as much as, over these last three podcasts, I have told you how much I love this. <laughs> I've not bought the game. Just haven't. Yeah. Because I just don't think I could go back and play through them. I... Like, I, in all honesty. Like, I could probably play through two. Yeah. But the other two, I'm just like, nope. The more I think about it, I think I'm going to challenge myself to go back and play this one again and just push through it. Just to see if I missed something when I first played it. Because, again, I was at a transition point in my life. So maybe I wasn't ready for it. I'm willing to give it another shot. And I'm going to see if my opinion has changed. <laughs> and that's a challenge I put out to myself. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> You're like, I don't need no. to do that. Well, so, like, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from this point on, uh, I started dating my wife. Over the next several Assassin's Creed games, mm-hmm. my wife was there to witness them and she got really into Assassin's Creed. She loves it for the same reason I love it. The yeah. historical accuracy, the cool environments, the, all these great things you get to see. The fun abilities. All of that. Yeah. And so she watched it all with me and like in preparation to this, like she was like, so what are you guys going to record next? And like all this other stuff, right? And I was like, oh, we're going to do the, you know, Ezio trilogy. And she's like, well, tell me a little bit about it. And I told her and she's like, yeah, I have no desire to watch you play those <laughs> and like this is this is a person who even like even if there's a game that i'm playing and she has zero interest in she'll read a book and not tell me how much zero interest she has in it yeah she willingly like please don't play these in front of me. <laughs> like and and just because of the way that I talked about him and what I told her. And like, she's like, well, okay, you can spend three hours telling me about Assassin's Creed two and 30 minutes telling me about the next two. Yeah. (laughs) That basically tells me I don't want to play him. Like, and that's it. When you can wrap up a discussion about two games (laughs) in 30, 45 minutes, just telling them, well, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Is it really that great of a game? Like, and I, and I agree with you. I think in in my closing thoughts, right. Mm -hmm. I think that, if you skipped Brotherhood and Revelations, Brotherhood and Revelations. Mm. I'll let you finish your thought. Sorry. And pick up in the third one. Mm-hmm. I think it explains everything. Because if I remember correctly, and we'll get into this more when we get into the, the Assassin's Creed 3, mm-hmm. Sean tells you what happened. 
I think they ask you what happened and you explain it to them as far as what Juno does and why you stabbed Lucy. Okay. So you get explained. You stabbed Lucy. He tells you Lucy died and that he attended her funeral. So, you know, she's dead. And then you tell them your conversation between (laughs) Juno and Saturn. I think it recaps brotherhood and revelations in throughout the third game. My only argument you're to, writing in a van yeah. <laughs> and you're telling them about this. My I, my only my only counterpoint to that would be the emotional response to being the one who stabs Lucy. But, but to, it is fifteen but, hours well, worth it. But I was gonna say fucking Google it. To then. me, right? To me, <laughs> that is that was worth going because again, right? It's fifteen hours. It's not gonna take up a huge chunk of your life. Yeah. And going through and having the emotional response of being the one who does it, I think, is powerful. But I will concede, I do think you're right. Yeah. But my, like I said, but my counterpoint is that I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't at least do Brotherhood. And like I said, you can do it in a weekend. I'm sure you could do it in a weekend. And you can Google it in five minutes. That is also true. Like, if you're super curious, yeah. you can really Google these highlights. Like, God, in, in preparation for this, right? Like, I, I don't watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't need to. My brain works well enough that I can, I can fucking live through my memories. Right? You know, I don't need no animus. <laughs> I want one. I God, dude. I, I, say, I would be terrified. I... <laughs> And all that, like, if animus truly existed and I could do this, I'd be scared because I'd feel like there are times where I'm like, dude, I had to have been related to Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I just know it. Uh, I just know it. <laughs> and like, that's what would terrify the shit out of me, right? Like, you, you're like, we're going to take you back to London in right. this time period. And like, you find yourself in a dark alley. Well, hold on. <laughs> stalking a prostitute. Hold You're on. Like, Let me out. Let me out. Or would it be worse to not have anything remotely that interesting? That you'd literally just come from like a line of pig farmers. What is worse? I'm okay with the line of pig farmers. Are you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, because like... You wouldn't think it would be cool to be like the descendant of Jack the Ripper to use yours? You don't think that would be an interesting story to tell? No, I think it would change the perception of the way people look at me like, dude, nature versus nurture. Um, and then on top of it, the way you know this is you went through the animus and you lived through it. And there's this bleed over effect. So you're well, going to stay the fuck away from me, my daughter, my mother, my sister, any fucking woman, and even my brother who dresses like a woman. And the bunny ranch. And the bunny ranch. <laughs> See ya. Okay. All right. Like, that's what I think is more of what would happen. Like, yeah. honestly... I would look at that and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be even better if I'm like, well, I know who he was. Like, boom. I know who Jack the Ripper was because this, like, that value of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that value would be awesome. I know we're totally getting away from the game and we're talking about the animal. Well, and that was actually something I wanted to bring up. I wanted, because the last two podcasts have run a little short, I wanted to take a little bit of time and be like, if it was real, if you could get into an animus, would you want to? And what? Oh, yeah. And have absolutely. this discussion. No, in all honesty, absolutely. Right? Right. Because I would look at the historical value of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had an ancestor that was there during the fucking assassination of JFK. Was he the one on the grassy knoll? Right. Like, you know, shit like that, right? And <gasps> Ooh, what if, what if reliving the memory, the animus actually implanted like a fuzzy outline of yourself observing it and you are actually the person on the grassy knoll, which is why all the pictures are all weird and nobody really knew what it was because it's a digital representation in real time happening. 
Okay, now you're <laughs> fucking with like time travel, right? Like How not cool would that just be? driving into no, no. All right, all right. No. So anyway, so yeah, so no. your, your ancestors. Like my brain is broken, bro. <laughs> like holy fuck, my animus is not just a fucking relive an- ancestral memories. Like I walk as a ghost through fucking time and history. No, that scares <laughs> the shit out of me. Like oh, I got the willies. Um. But no, I think that would be cool, right? right. Like, there are certain certain historical events that I find very, very curious that I would love to to know. Now, granted, like there's certain ones, of course, that we're never going to figure out, mm-hmm. right? Like again, one of my odd obsessions is unsolved mysteries, mm-hmm. like in in the fullest. And of course, there's a couple of big ones, Roanoke Island. So like. I became obsessed with Roanoke with Storm of the Century. Mm-hmm. On Roanoke, everybody, supposedly, we don't actually know, yeah. everybody died. Mm-hmm. Like, in this weird event. They had a huge storm. Everybody died. But it looked like they straight up just kind of was like, well, this is a good place to die. Well, this is a good time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, fucking, they still had socks hanging over fires food on tables there was no aggression no like somebody forced them into it nothing like that it mm-hmm. literally just kind of looks like they got up one day and went nope time to die as a group heard and just fucking stood up and walked off the side of the island <laughs> like legit that's how it looks and i would love to know what happened um which of course i wouldn't be able to through the animus because well, any ancestors that i had on roanoke are dead Unless one escaped, and that is you are a descendant of that person. That's how that could be possible. It, it could be. And then th- there's also, so like I've always wondered this. Mm-hmm. So you play as Ezio, but Ezio had two brothers and a sister. Right. 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 Can I live through their memories? No. Because through their parents, I'm connected to them. Right. But memory is passed down by genetics. Yeah. So you get your genes. From your ancestor, your ancestor goes all the way to Ezio. The genes that you get are from Ezio and Maria. Was it Maria? No, the other one. Sophie. Sophia. Thank you, Sophia. So that is where your genes come from. So you can only go as far back in that direction. Your, uh, I couldn't branch. The, you I, couldn't I get branch. what you're saying now. I don't know what I was thinking. I get what you're saying. It, it, just, it was always something that I was just kind of like. I take that all back. Odyssey. They find, oh, wait, no, they find two blood. That's it. They find a mixed blood, and you can just pick which one. Because that was the one where they do male and female. Never mind. I'm, I was right. Please continue. <laughs> no, you, you, you're absolutely right yeah. in, in the fact of, like, nope, they're like, we don't know if this is boy or girl blood. Yeah. It's like. Oh, um, wait. It's both. Yeah. We, we have. Yeah. They're, yeah, like, they're yeah. basically like, we found two sets of blood. We, sent, we found two sets of DNA. One's male, one's female. Which one do you want to live through? And that's that's who you live through. And really which, all it does is give you the choice of your character. Of being a boy or a girl. That's it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, no, I, I definitely would. I think yeah. the historical value of an animus would be incredible. Like mm-hmm. to figure out those certain things. Right. There are certain historical figures. Right. Like. There are certain people through history where they didn't get credit where credit's due. Yeah. Like, they just didn't. Mm-hmm. There are certain people through history that are just fucked up individuals, but we don't know they're fucked up individuals, right? Yeah. Like, the first example that comes across my mind is Edgar Allan Poe, mm. right? That dude was fucked up. Yeah. Like, he was mean. 
Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was something. Uh, well, no, I'm not talking about like the, his poetry. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the way he lived his life. Oh yeah, right. Like no, he was so, like an opiate addict or well, something. He was an alcoholic and yeah. opiate addict. But the reason why he became so right. So there was mm-hmm. this other guy. I can't remember his name, but he basically like went, "Hey, give me some of your poetry. I'm going to publish it in this book." And the whole reason why he did that, right, mm-hmm. was so that. Edgar Allan Poe would write this amazing review for him because at the time Poe's reviews were well respected. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course he wanted a a respectable review of his book and he figured like, if I get him to put his poetry in it, he's going to write a good review of the book. Yeah. Right. Well, Poe gets the, uh, the book and basically he's got like one or two poems out of all these fucking poems that he wrote in it. And like, I think some of the, like yeah, so he he gets super pissed off, mm-hmm. right? And the guy calls him up and he's like, "Hey man, will you give me a review of this book?" And Poe's like, "Sure. <laughs> Absolutely." <laughs> right? And so he he writes this horrible review of like this book is shit. Yeah. The only good poetry in this is mine. Right? Nice. So then like a feud between these two guys basically starts, Mm -hmm. right? Like Poe starts going across the nation, basically telling everybody this dude's a fucking hack. Like he's, he's bullshit. Like he's terrible. He's just God awful. Right. And when he comes back to his job, finds out that dude took his job. (laughs) So like that, that's when Poe becomes an opiate and, and drug addict. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like, he like just the whole time, he just fucking slanders this dude. He's just a terrible person. And he dies, and, like, even the way he died was kind of fucked up, but because of what happened around his death, we were mm. all like, oh, my God, Poe, he's such a genius. <laughs> and we don't even remember this other guy. Yeah. Like, who was who was actually pretty good and everything like that, and actually a decent fellow, right? Mm. Like, there's loads of this. Look at fucking Hamilton's life. Like, Hamilton was a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yet again another one. Like, he perfectly plotted his death. Mm. Like, I got to give Hamilton that. Like, that dude was committed. <laughs> right? Like, basically, like, hey, I'm going to duel this guy, but I'm going to write this letter beforehand. That's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to duel this guy, but I'm going to fire in the air. Right? Because I I don't believe in killing him. But the whole thing leading up to it, he's, like, perfectly inspecting the gun yeah. and, like, testing out the trigger mechanism and the functions and looking down the sights and, like, making sure everything in this thing is perfect. Mm-hmm. So so the other guy's kind of like, dude, he's going to fucking shoot me. <laughs> like, and then, of course, they go to draw and Hamilton shoots in the air and the other guy shoots him and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and Hamilton's like, yep, this dude's going to shoot me. And if he does, this is what it means. And all in his fucking death note. Like, that is fucking committed <laughs> douchey but committed so what does this have to do about being in the animus i think you get to relive some of those other people okay <laughs> like i think you get to you get to see firsthand some of these people who didn't didn't get the credit they were due got it okay. that's what i mainly meant by got it. it sorry i know i kind of digressed that that's for a little fine. bit but like that's it right like mm-hmm. in a sense like the butterfly effect right? right like if i were to go back in time and change the smallest thing the ripples in the future are huge. Yeah. I think it would be the same thing. You you made a comment about like, would it be better if I was related to Jack the Ripper or a pig farmer? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, who knows? You know, like that, that 
me coming from pig farmers, that may be a bigger impact on certain things that were happening in the world at times than me being related to Jack the Ripper. Right. But you just may not know it until you live through it. Yeah, but you're talking about all the stuff in the past, right? If you found out right now, if I handed you a letter that said, oh, yeah, by the way, I have tested your DNA. You are related to Jack the Ripper. Does your life change at all? I mean... Does that mean anything? Does it change who you are as a person? Do you feel like you need to start like fucking killing prostitutes? No, you're talking about nature versus nurture. Are you afraid that like right? How you are in your 30s, right? Yes. So 30 years of your life, you have not done anything remotely close to my knowledge of ever murdering strippers or prostitutes, right? So if you if you were to find out right now that you were related to Jack the Ripper, would that change anything about you? Me personally, yeah. Probably not, but I can't speak for, I find out I'm related to Jack the Ripper and I'm like, oh my God, guys, I'm related to Jack the Ripper. And now a friend that I once had was like, fuck dude, that guy's related to Jack the Ripper. And now her attitude towards me has changed, which ineffectively does change my life. But would you, well. Indirectly, not ineffectively. Indirectly, (laughs) it changes my life. Mm -hmm. Right? And a little means a little part of me is scared of that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm serious. Like, look at, I guess my point is, about it is look at some of the stuff that's coming out about some people, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be true or not, it's in their past, right? I'm yeah. one of those people that truly believe people can evolve. They can change within their own lifespan. Yeah. Right. Like I've done it myself. I have, I've gone through a myriad of changes mm-hmm. in my own life. So who I am now is not the same person that I was when I was 15. Yeah. One, my knowledge is far greater. Yeah. Right? And two, just there's a lot more. My maturity, my outlook on life. Life experience. Life experience, all that, right? So a mistake that I made when I was 15, Mm -hmm. should that really affect me now that I'm 30? No. But it does. But it shouldn't. But it shouldn't. But that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So here you are. You hand me a certificate that says that you're related to Jack the Ripper and we're going to fucking like whether you tell him, I tell him or whatever. Right. Some mm-hmm. way, shape or form, unfortunately, in today's world, it could get out there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting fucking male death threats of like, well, your fucking ancestor killed my ancestor, you know, way back when. Well, and you're a douche because of it. Well, you're talking about hypothetical, right? I mean... In this day and age, is anybody going to care if you were related to Jack the Ripper? I don't know. You That's know? the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. With the way certain things happen in this world, I don't know. Yeah. Like, there are people who give a fuck if one person is related to another. Like, they could straight up be like, I've never met that person. Yeah. Like, just because we're, we're related through some weird fucking foreign bloodline doesn't mean that I... I know them. I shook their hand. I've never met them. Yeah. You know, like, but yet people still get upset about it. So I don't know. I, 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 you don't know until it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But those are the hypotheticals that go through my brain. I, I I think it would be cool, but at the same time, I think it's a double edged sword. Yeah. I think there's going to be some form of negative around it. And I absolutely would jump into an animus and I would relive with the exception of my parents and maybe my grandparents. I would relive the memories of all of my ancestors. I don't know. So like, oh no, I guess I would not. And I would not be scared about reliving memories of, so I am of Italian heritage. I am like third generation American. um, And I would love to be able to relive the memories of my ancestors living in Italy 
you know, in the 1700s. I would love to be able to go back and look at that. And I would not be scared at all about anything that I would find. I think it would be amazing. If we're talking unlimited access, right? Right. Unlimited. One, we would definitely find out if we were related to Adam and Eve. Yeah, that would be cool. Right? Yeah. Like, it would be a definite. We could just follow our line all the way back. And if I'm related to Adam and Eve and you're related to Adam and Eve and she's related to Adam and Eve. We're all cousins. Oh God, so far removed. (laughs) And that's the thing. There's Mm. enough of us now. Right. But if you think of the implications of that, it started with two. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, but that's what I mean. Like Mm. it, and it's, it's fascinating to find those things. And that's one, like there's a shit ton of people who are obsessed with genealogy. And that is one more Avenue to truly find out like, this is your genealogy. Yeah. Right. So I think that's cool. Yep. Well, I think that's about it for us. Right. I don't think there's much more we can talk about. No, no. I, I, I filled in everything that I wanted to fill in. Cool. Circled in all the blanks. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you liked the show. I guess we'll catch you next week. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And until next time, game, game on. on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required.